0: Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus named disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. Amen. If you have your Bibles and you turn with me, Book of Philippians, chapter 2, and uh, verse 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, in any comfort of love, in any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that you be like minded, having the same love, being of one accord. Of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. This right here is a very important verse for what we're about to do tonight. Let us esteem other better than ourselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want to talk and really focus in on verse 5, and the NIV version put it like this. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. So I want to talk just for a few moments. I've got an attitude. I've got an attitude. Amen. Lord, help us tonight through the remainder of this service. We pray, God, that you'd open up our hearts to hear and to receive the word of God. We love you and we appreciate you, Lord. Help us right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray and ask. We trust in you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. And uh, big thanks to Sister Marianne and Sister Jennifer for all the coffee and donuts. For keeping us awake tonight. (laughs) Amen. Strategically put that before the message so that uh, you'd have less of a chance of falling asleep tonight. Amen. I realize the hour. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Um, Have you ever heard someone say that about a person? They have an attitude. I feel like I've heard that even recently. (laughs) They they have an attitude. And it usually means that they have a bad attitude. But that is not the case here. Jesus had an attitude here. But it was not a bad attitude. But he did have an attitude. Because the Bible says... Let this mind or attitude, if you research that word mind, be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What mind? What attitude? What really is is he talking about when he says, Fulfill you my joy, that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, glory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, the NIV says. Nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. Let not every man on his own image, but every man also on the things of others. You see, the attitude that Jesus had was that was, he was not concerned about his own needs. Nothing he ever did showed us that was about him, but it... He was here trying to help others. It was about, what, am I, what can I do for somebody else? Jesus gets hassled by so many people throughout Scripture, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and on. And everywhere he goes, knowing the ultimate purpose, he never complains. He, you never hear him say, why won't these people just leave me alone today? We never hear Jesus say, I don't feel like healing somebody today. We never once read anything about, I don't feel like changing lives today. I don't feel like dying today. Ultimately, the attitude of Christ was complete selflessness. He would sacrifice himself. He would experience discomfort as no other one has experienced discomfort. He died for salvation that he didn't even need, but that someone else that for but for someone else that did. This is the attitude of Jesus Christ. Matthew seven and twenty says, "Wherefore, by their fruits, you shall know them." Maybe that's why when Paul expounds on what those fruits are, it's very obvious that those fruit are the attributes and the personality of Jesus Christ. Galatians 5, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is No law. This was the attitude of Jesus, and it needs to be the attitude of one like Christ. The anchor in the fruit of the Spirit is love. I'll say that again the anchor of the fruit of the Spirit is love. That fruit is mentioned first because it is the most important. Out of the seed of that fruit, all other fruit is grown love. To have the mind of Christ, I first and foremost have to love people. We are in the people business. I said we are in the people business. If you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you are now in the people business. And we ought to be about our Father's business. But loving people doesn't just mean to love the sinner. I've got to love my brother and my sister. Sometimes we have no problem displaying the attitude of Christ with the lost person. We seem to be very patient with the lost individual. We will love them. We'll be gentle to them. And rightfully so. We'll accommodate them. Give them our, the best version of ourselves to them. But the ones standing shoulder to us, we treat differently. The attitude of Christ was bigger than that. And he showed us this in the book of John. He showed us this. The reality is, is the attitude requires action. Someone has a bad attitude, they typically will do something they regret. You're looking at someone who's had a bad attitude before. And I'm looking at people who I know has had bad attitudes. And a and an attitude requires action. It's got to be more than just lip service. I want us to read real quick John 13. You might have it up there, you do, okay. John 13, now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, just like we, we didn't eat supper, but we just ate. The devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand. Hands And that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments, and he took a towel, and he girded himself. After that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered And said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him and said, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Verse 10. Jesus saith, un, saith to him, he that is washed needeth not to save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken, taken his garments and, he, excuse me, and was set down again, he said unto them, know you what I have done to you? Ye call me master and Lord, and I say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, ye also, somebody hear this, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Prior to this passage, the disciples and Jesus had just partook in the Last Supper, and this was preceding the events in this passage, and also the greatest act ever in the history of mankind, the crucifixion of our Lord, thus resulting in the salvation of our souls. While the Lord's Supper was taking place, Jesus also exhibited something else to his disciples. And what we just read, verse 4 and 5, tells us that he arose from supper, and he girded himself. You see some of these up front. He took a basin and washed the disciples' feet with a towel. He became a servant to the ones who were to serve him. This preceded his greatest feat ever, and that would be Calvary. The king of all kings and the God of the universe is doing the job of a servant, because that is the attitude of Christ. the attitude of how can i serve this is the mind of christ this is the attitude of christ that is the attitude or ought to be the attitude of every christian let's me know that if we truly want to do something great in the kingdom of god we must first become a servant to others that means yes being a servant to those that are lost and i believe i believe in a lot of ways the the foot washing is symbolic of of helping others. When we did our food drive and we gave food to, uh, ended up giving it to the Salvation Army right here, just right here, a mile away from the church, the food bank right here. That was, that was a form of being a servant. When we go on outreach, some of our brothers and sisters and all through the, the year, uh, going out and outreach and handing out tracts, praying for people. That's being a servant. The people who have dedicated their time here to the church, all the various things, that's being a servant. I think opening the door for somebody is the spirit of a servant. I think there's a lot of people here who would give the shirt off your back if someone needed it. What can I do to help somebody? I won't go into stories because surely I wouldn't cover everybody. But I could tell stories right now of several different people that have sacrificially done something for somebody else that's in this church. And that's the heart of a servant. You see, sometimes we do the easy things faithfully. But I realize when we start talking about washing someone's feet, there's something in the flesh that says nope. For some. For some. Maybe others no, but I'd say the wide majority. Let me just establish it tonight. And I'll just say what the elephant in the room. I don't wake up every morning and say, How many feet can I wash today? I mean, literally, you know, going around and, how you know, I, I don't wake up saying, man, I want to wash somebody. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to, I know it's funny, but I'm not trying to be. But, I mean, it's like, it's not something that I just get uh, excited about. Maybe you do, and that's okay. <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> but it's just not something that I'm like, but on the other hand, I've done this for many years. We've, we've washed feet, not just at watch night service, but there's been a couple occasions where even when we didn't have a basin and water, I've gone, and maybe you've gone, and went and prayed over another brother's feet because I felt led to. I know at our men's retreat just recently, I felt that spirit coming into this, this church, and I felt God was saying, go pray for your brother's feet. Get down on your hands and your knees and lay your hands on their dirty shoes, whatever, and pray over them. So my flesh never wants to go, but my spirit leaves so refreshed. My flesh never says, yay, but my spirit, there's something in my spirit that says, but I must Some are saying, He's just getting us ready. The reality is, this is not something you're forced to do. In fact, in all things, we need to do it with the right spirit and with the right attitude. John 13, 1 said, He loved them unto the end. What is that word? What is that word, end? That's a very strong word, until the end. That word means by which a thing is finished. A thing is finished. Jesus was bringing things to a close in this story. And he started the Holy Week wrap up with the tremendous example of servanthood. Laying down the title. Laying down the position. Giving giving of self in the most humblest of ways. You see, he had done a lot of great things to serve others in the past. But he said, now I'm going to show you perhaps the most ultimate way of servanthood, of humility. Jesus, the Lord, the host of the Passover dinner, the one who should have been celebrated and pampered. Catch that. The one who had the right to sit at the head table, did the job that was most often assigned to the lowest servant in those times and that was washing dirty feet. When I get a picture of Jesus humbling himself like this, it reminds me of the Apostle Paul's words when he said, he made himself no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. In our world today, foot washing isn't widely practiced. It's not something that is typically done. But it is clear from his very explicit words that Jesus did it to set an example for his disciples. To understand the lesson that we have to realize what it is meant to wash the feet in Jesus' day. You see, tonight we're getting ready to do foot washing. And well, i got to tell you, we've got it pretty easy. We're washing feet that, in Jesus' name, are pre-washed. I mean, all i got to do is mention foot washing to my wife, and about five seconds later, she's making an appointment for a pedicure. Any lady say amen to that? Amen. Better none of you men. I'm just, I'm just kidding. we <laughs> I mean, were talking about that today. We got it pretty good. We got it pretty good. But Jesus washed 24 dirty, nasty feet that day. Including Judas. Right before they walked out the door to betray him, he washed his feet. I've imagined, I've thought of that. Jesus on his knees or however he was with that towel and that water, washing Judas Iscariot's feet, knowing that he was going to betray betray him. Yet he continued to pray. He continued to wash the feet of the very man that was going to betray him. Perhaps the great lesson from this passage is when we put foot washing in context with the disciples striving for position. And that brings me to this point, and I'll close with this. When Jesus instructed his disciples to wash one another's feet, he was teaching they should be willing to humble themselves to do even the smallest task for someone else. While we have foot washing typically once a year, there are a lot of reasons why we should do what we're about to do. And I won't go through all, I've got, I've got there's seven reasons. If, if there's anybody wants the notes, you're, I'll, I'll be happy to pass it on to you. But John 13, 8 says, it gives us part with Christ, as the Word of God says. John 13, 10, spiritual cleansing occurs. John 13, 14, it's a command of Christ. when he said, you ought to wash one another's feet. John 13, 15, Christ has given us as an example to do so. John thirteen sixteen we are not greater than our Lord. John 13, 17, obedience produces happiness. In Revelations 22 and 14, we are obeying God's word because he said, blessed are they that do his commandments. Amen. I want us to all stand right, real quick.